Hi, everybody. It's Tim. Remember me? Yeah, I'm one of the two hosts of this show. I just wanted to remind you that this is part two of episode 100. If you haven't listened to part one, what are you doing here? Enjoy. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. So now how I decided, well, what are the categories? How am I, how am I rating? What's, what's the worst? What's my bottom nine here? Uh, it was <laughs> how I kind of, I forget the exact quote, but someone said like the most, you know, if you're talking about a, a, the ways movies are bad, you can be this, you can be this, you can be this, but just don't bore me. You know, yeah. and I think all these films, they come from just they were boring when it comes down to it. They weren't offering anything. But to the extent that it then made me mad, that's why these are all like avoidance. You know, I, I think, yeah, almost all of mine actually like pissed me off. Yeah. All but one, really. Um, do you want to just rather than taking turns just each go down ours, just try to get through it quick or sure. how do you want to do it? Okay. Well, sure. I, I mean, yeah, go, go. Like, well, I was going to say, I, I don't think we need to, we need to like get down into the depths of why these movies suck. No, but let's, uh, I started last time. How about you go ahead? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had a hard time ha- like making any sort of order. So this is not really in a, a order per se. It just sort of, I couldn't, I'm like, they all suck. So fucking whatever. Uh, the Cured, Strangers Pray at Night, Maggie, Arnold, Satan's Slaves, Cherry Falls, Trench Eleven, The Grudge, and of course, The Girl Next Door. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all just bad. And they're, they're well, all of them but Pray at Night are boring. I think. And they just, you know, there's so many others that suck too, but like these ones piss me off. Yeah. I think partially because a lot of them you could have done something with. Yeah. And they f- didn't. They just, they just like phoned it in or kind of did like the cliche instead of like using cliche to your advantage. They just were like, oh yeah, jump scare. <laughs> it's just like, fuck all that. Right, that was a consistent thing. Let's it's be interesting to see where our differences were, but we have mostly overlap here. So I I did my best to order them. So from number nine to number one, number nine is Death Bell. <laughs> number <laughs> number eight was Inside. Um, oh, interesting. Number seven was Julia's Eyes. Mm-hmm. Talk about boring. Talk God. about boring. How about my number six, Trench Eleven? Horrible. Um, you know, I don't remember anything from Trench Eleven. All I remember That's how is fucking this, the, unmemorable the, the, it is. The only thing that was in it was cool was the little uh, angel hair pasta worms. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> there you go. That's how boring it was. Yo, I was so mad watching Tim number five because it was like, it felt gross on the level of it was clearly trying to pay homage to films that it loved that just made it all that much more just kind of gross to watch as Evil Ed. I know. <laughs> I thought about that. But you know, you know why Evil Ed didn't make it into mine? Why? It's because of the the basketball uh 
severed head dunk into the garbage can. See, that just makes me, it just makes me mad that it was like in this film, like it's, it's all tainted, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. they were the same people who made this film who executed that moment. I just can't, right. it's just right. all bad. Um, number four, Maggie. God, not so even bad. Arnold could save it. Like really, nope. really not even Arnold what could save it. What a nothing movie. Really. And then talk about another nothing movie. Number three and four were pretty interchangeable from me. Number three, never getting that money back when we went and saw The Cured. Um, nope. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that one. And sad to talk about missed opportunity. You have Ellen Page. Like Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Number two for me is the girl next door. God. Yeah, that's a pretty recent one we watched. That one yep. that was fun. It's just not a movie. It's just a piece of shit. And <laughs> and you know what else I'd say is not a movie and just a piece of shit? Tim, you know what my number one is. Of course. The grudge from twenty twenty. And I like, still, I think really fondly upon that memory of that theater experience. <laughs> I was so, you just, cause you don't see me ever get mad like that, huh? <laughs> I know. Like. It was so intense that I had to do an Instagram story of you afterwards just being fucking like seethingly mad. <laughs> well, it's, it's not only was it as bad, if not, you know, just weird and in a bad way and just worse than all the other ones. Like you talk about these are order for me. I had to put it as number one. Cause talk about missed opportunity making us mad. It's a grudge right. movie too. And you know how I feel about that. It feel, it does I feel know. personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that it, it sort of had like not high expectations, but we liked Nicholas Pesci's other movie. So and right. he had the cast for it. So there's just so much of just like, how did this go so wrong? Yet it was so funny because like you mentioned, oh yeah, you know, jump scares, blah, blah, blah. And this was felt like the death knell of like that. Like this is the know, embodiment of that kind of like approach of the the kind of like horrible studio slasher or horror films of the of the aughts. It feels like that's something we should be long, you know, have evolved past. But here it was in what felt like a final just kind of like death death grasp you know like yeah. a lot of what i'd like to think the evils of the world are at right now but god still had money behind it people still made it so mad i think that's that's a big part of what pisses me off a lot of the time right like strangers pray at night for example i think visually is really quite interesting i like a lot of the visuals but they just completely they 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 mediocred a story that you didn't have to. You, you, It wouldn't have been that hard to make that story compelling. Yeah. But instead, they, you know, and maybe maybe a lot of this, who knows, it comes down to studios or, or producers sort of getting in there and, and making bad decisions. Maybe. Maybe it's the director. I don't know who's the culprit or if it's a collective failure. But I just cannot stand middling and we talk about that a lot, right? It's like, if you're going to make a movie, you better have a point of view. And if you don't, make that your point of view. Yeah. Don't just do the sort of like middling, oh, well, let's try and reach everybody. So let's hit right in the in the sort of 
the average of of what we think people will be into so we can capture a wide audience. It's like it doesn't work that – it ne- has never worked. Yeah. Stop doing that. That's what Trench 11 feels like to me like out of all these <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason because I'm looking at like what are some kind of overlapping qualities about them? Like I'd lump together the cured Maggie – Julia's eyes and inside um, on my list as far as the kind mm. of grossness and awkwardness from when you see um, a, a seriousness still being taken to the subject matter. Um, even like Girl Next Door to an extent. That's just its whole like different <laughs> whole yeah. weird head case that that movie is. But like, yeah, Maggie cured Julia's eyes inside. It just was like that much more worse watching them when it feels like, oh, this is serious. This is meditative. This is about important mm-hmm. things. And it just, yeah. It, you know what I, I noticed? There's a, there's a commonality in the coloring of a lot of these movies. They're all slightly desaturated. They have kind of a gray wash to them. Exactly. Like what I, yeah. And it's those. like, what, or, why? Like, what do you think you're accomplishing by doing that? Because if you look at our list of, of the ones that we love, you know, every single one of them, except for the two that are in black and white or three that are in black and white. I mean, Hexen, I wouldn't even say is in black and white, even though it is because there is color in it and purposeful color. So other than the lighthouse and psycho, every other one of those is very vibrant. And, it, and you know, under the skin is not the most colorful movie, but it is very. It's uniquely the con- dark, the contrast. That's yeah. right. The contrast is a coloring aspect that makes it vibrant. But like the cured in Maggie just felt like, oh, this is they, sad. They literally just turned the saturation like, down. Yeah, shoot it, two, three, five, make it desatted, and it will be sad because that's all that sad movies have to do to make us feel sad. Yeah, so I mean, manipulative. Satan, Satan Slaves had that sort of vibe to it too. Trench Eleven had kind of a version of that where they just made everything kind of brown and yellow. Yeah, <laughs> the um, Grudge, the Grudge had it like it's totally desaturated. <laughs> it's just shit. Don't do that. Just like, and, or if you are, you better have a fucking good reason for it. Right. <laughs> my um, my honorable mentions, but I wanted to mention why they weren't quite in my um top nine, oh my god bottom nine um and it's funny because so basically it's like so that i group let's say insidious the last key and strangers pray at night together insidious like i said in that review at least there's cool monster design like i think of that fo- yeah. like i think of a yeah. monster hand with a finger that is keys and right. i go cool and then strangers and hated that movie me. oh yeah no not and to get yet. it wrong i hated it but right. we're just talking about any redeemable qualities. Why this is if <laughs> right. we had to did rank them. Um, similarly, Strangers Pray at Night. I have friends. They like really were into that movie, Strangers Pray at Night. They want to defend it. Um, I keep asking them to on the show. Yeah, be my s- guest. Send in a mes- message. Be our guest. But I do get the aesthetic appeal of that final showdown at the pool. Um, I do too. So, no, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say like there is some co- good visuals in that. And then uh, different from those two, Arnold. I had to. I didn't put in just because the memory of watching it and just like <laughs> it's it is. <laughs> It's terrible, but it's also unlike anything we've watched. And I know, but I feel like I can't, I can't not at like include it, considering how up, how upset it made me that Peter recommended. It to <laughs> yeah, us. which is funny just in itself. That like, 
hey, if we're trying to see some obscure movies here too, talk about Arnold. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I had down but didn't make it my nine was uh, The Devil's Backbone, which is like <gasps> funny because people love it. It's in the Criterion Collection. It's Guillermo del Toro. But like, it's- I just think of Tim, like you and I cracking up or not cracking up like it, but just kind of being like, whoa, what? When that explosion happens in it. Like <laughs> the fact that we got that moment out of it and just that, I guess it was cool to look at as far as just the setting. Um, there you go. I'm there just... <laughs> are good shots in that movie. Yeah. Like try- well composed, visually like nice shots. But man, I'll tell you what. If there's one indicator of a bad movie in the, in in this particular case, just look at the poster or the DVD cover of The Devil's Backbone. It is a fucking mess. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a role playing like PC games fucking cover. Like <laughs> right. it from like 1993. It's just such bad construction and it kind of makes you go wait they didn't care. They didn't care. Like this is what they think the is representative of the movie. It just seems disconnected. Yeah, and indicative of some problem. Um, I'm just trying to look at too. What are some other? Um, I don't know. U- unifying traits or, or or just unique things about anything else on my my bottom nine here. I feel like the girl next door was unique among them in something about just the acting and the directing like just feeling off on that the level of like how the actors are being used where it just felt i don't know how much of it we talked about this in the episode why it was kind of fascinating i thought to break down this movie too was like is it just the writing that's making it all so bad you know as far Mm. as the dialogue goes but there was something very particular about the acting style and the delivering the delivery of dialogue in the girl next door the amongst the other ones, which just felt like when you were making it, I could imagine all the other films feeling like you were making a good movie when you were making it, but something about the girl next door, it just feels awkward. <laughs> like in every so time I, someone I talks, think, I think what we talked about and what I'm looking at my list, I think is, is kind of true for most of these. What it, it what it seems like it is, is that, in all of these movies, it's directors who do not actually understand how humans behave. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when that's the case is that you have an actor who, you know, actors know what they're doing for the most part. Like in actually a lot of these movies, there are very, very accomplished and talented actors in in almost every single one of these movies. And yet, in spite of that... You get these weird, stilted, disconnected, unpleasant performances. And a lot of time we want to be like, like you're saying, oh, it's bad writing. And and there's sort of a common, you know, sense that you can't really shine shit when it comes to writing, no, no matter how good of an actor you are. But like you can if you have both the actor and the director on the same page, you can fix bad writing by doing a bunch of different things like figuring out how to focus on the nuance of what is going on with the actual character rather than relying on the words of the script to you know get that across and in i think pretty much every case here it really seems like the director had one idea of how people behave based on the writing and the actor could not figure out how to to meet that 
And it falls apart because then we are left to be like, wait, why? Why are you saying it that way based on what's going on? Like these things aren't connecting. Yeah. You know, so it's like Ellen Page is a fucking amazing actress. She is not like the decisions that her character makes and then how she is directed to perform in relation to those decisions don't line up. Yeah. And I think, you know, she's good enough to to know that, right? And when she's on set, she knows that it's not lining up. So she's trying and she's actually being directed away from it. Right. And it's being edited away from that. So the, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, that you're right. Yeah. Just kind of how the filmmakers, how a movie perceives its people, uh, its characters as people like that's, that's key. I mean, it just proves character is key and looking at these, these bottom nine films, I just never, the whole movie you're sitting there going, I don't care what happens to these people. On any level. Because they're not people. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the problem is that I think in almost every case, the director doesn't actually see them as human beings. And like you can have it be as like ridiculous and stylistic as Death Bell and Evil Ed were going for, you know, and and, but like you take like crazy stylistic from beyond. It's you know, you can still have good characters, even if it sort of seems like it's you know also a comic book you're you're kind of watching mm-hmm. not so mm-hmm. sorry i know you know what i mean when i say that comic books can run the gamut too no i get it yeah um all right well so since this isn't a you know a podcast about trashing movies <laughs> let's it's also a podcast about thinking if there are any things interesting or noteworthy to take away so That's should we right. do that yes. all right last section here things of note This should be interesting. So I think this is going to be a fun exercise in sort of like what comes to mind first, sort of a Rorschach test of our of our episodes and our the films we've watched. Yes. So, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go from episode one to episode ninety nine, and the first thing that sort of comes to mind as like potentially a. Um, in, in indelible, indelible moment, yeah, comes to mind. So this is so. this is I want to say this is largely inspired by this whole podcast when um a friend of a friend and myself would get together and watch movies like this and started keeping track of everything in a journal. But indelible moments was the sort of thing that we pinned it down onto like why horror movies or was a fun answer for us. Like the despite how bad all these movies may be because it's horror. You may always get that with those one or few moments Definitely. that you just can't do in anything else. So, uh, yeah. And so I, we'll I, do our best. And I want to keep better track of it as we continue. Like, remember, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Remember, think, like, in things of note, we always have what was the indelible moment. Sure. So, because yeah. as, as Tim, you're going to have to lead it, lead us here on this because uh, my memory isn't so good for these. So I'll, I'll let <laughs> I'll you. I'll do my best. I'll let you. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say the film, you tell me if you've got anything, I'll tell you what I've got. Okay. The babysitter. Ooh, I mean, just the the knives through the head. That's um, mine too. Yeah. That moment is, who? Hey now. 
<laughs> yes. Um, also, the car going through the the wind the bay window as sort of the end payoff. Yes, and I remember fondly a moment that was like a um, a vase that they almost fell and they caught. <laughs> like yes. there there was a gag I hadn't seen before. That's right. That you know. I will say about this movie, although I don't think we should go too deep into most of these, but The Babysitter being the first episode we did had a lot of really great things going on. And uh, one of them, if not the one that really sticks in my mind, is every death is set up and paid off. Yes. And that is awesome. Yes. And it's like what I want a lot of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. So... Um, great. Keep going. Number two, episode two, the transfiguration. What comes to mind? The opening that we started with a visceral bloody kill at the way beginning. And then Mm. this wasn't a moment per se, but it felt indelible every single time he like walked away with his just kind of like, (laughs) yes, kind of like introverted kid backpack saunter after a kill. Exactly. I can't, I always just think immediately of him throwing up the blood because it's like oh right he's not you know we're not built to do that this is a this is sort of a fantasy of his yeah and the body is like going dude stop gross i really hate throw up anyway so that was pretty that memorable (laughs) all right so oh god insidious the last key anything is there a bookshelf that fell on someone yes that's the only moment i have too where i'm like it was so unnecessary of a kill but (laughs) it's like the one moment where dude gets a book bookshelf dropped on him yes and you're like "Ah, okay finally he's dead um all right asylum (laughs) okay um uh body parts moving around on their own um a uh, little tiny robot stabbing so someone good. to death getting squished like with a, jelly in like them. like a toy and then um a coat attacking someone a colored coat oh yeah 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 the yeah the technicolor tr- like dream coat that reanimates the the mannequin and then yeah. last but not least the laugh at the end <laughs> oh yes that is so good. It's the laugh. Uh, it's the, I, I always kind of wanted to keep this a secret, but it's the laugh that we use at the beginning of our show. That's right. Our, oh, title. Oh, it's so good. Okay, next is Willard. I mean, the centerpiece scene of that's like the um, the Looney Tunes chase between the 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 rats and the cat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Good one. Good one. Okay, uh, forty-seven meters down. Um. God, you know, nothing's coming to mind. So for me, this one has like one of the the big, like, I guess, triggering sort of scenes when she has to swim across a, a, the big like underwater cavern that oh. I'm immediately my blood pressure goes up. Right, right. I'll never forget that feeling of like, oh, fuck, no, 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 no. Right. So like of not the greatest movie, but having a moment that got me that like wound was commendable uh next is the ritual i can't think of a moment i just think of the monster (laughs) being cool me too that's all i i'm like the monster was just fucking wild design yeah um well we don't need to talk about this mandy right 
uh, the cured. We kind of <laughs> is there anything in the cured? Yeah. How about as far as you know, an indelible moment that's indelible because it's a bad movie is when we had like two or three moments where they're like standing there and like out of nowhere they get jumped by a zombie that they should have seen coming, but just because <laughs> the movie can't see it in the frame, they don't yeah. see it. Ugh, gross. Um, so next is Juwan. Dude, the uh, the reflection of the little ghost boy that you see like during a daytime scene when like one of the oh, victims yeah. is out and about. And then just, oh. it's hard to say this is a moment because this happens in all the Juwan movies, but just l- screaming cat noise coming through white paced, you know, white faced ghost person. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just I all I remember from the Joan movie is that her her pillow is on the wrong side of the bed and it really upsets me. <laughs> um and when I say wrong, I mean just wrong for me. Um what's next? Oh, t- <sighs> come on. The fact that we haven't talked about Tetsuo the Iron Man is amazing, but yeah, this one's this one was great. Tetsuo the Iron Man. I mean, if just indelible moments goes though, the dick drill. Yeah, for sure. Or drill dick. Drill dick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um I just I, him as a as a total metal monster, like metal whatever beast thing at the end like flying around like he's on wheels is that's my that's what pops into my head. Yeah. Um oh god, strangers pray at night. I don't know. The swimming pool? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, X-Day hair extensions. This Here we go. This has my favorite indelible moment in any film we've watched. X-Day, <laughs> X-Day hair extensions. I love the filmmaker too. Sion Sono made one of my top like three ever favorite films. Um, top four. Um, how do you describe this moment, Tim? <laughs> uh, God. it. I don't know how he... It's like a... Uh, <laughs> so we live in a world. So, to, so to it's, set, we live in a world. The killer is hair. So one of the other great indelible moments is just like a kill scene where the hair just straight up goes all in and out of someone and uh, kind of stretches them across the room. But this is where we have our main bad he, guy, he who gets, is the hair he fetishist. Gets disem- he gets like sort of cut in half, disemboweled. Kind of. What would you even call that? He's he's like he's just. He's like vertical layers are sliced out of him. Yes. So he's put to like like tiny kind of like troll sized. And well, the- and yeah. So all of his body parts that remain fall perfectly onto each other, starting with the feet. So it creates this effect of like a weird little goblin troll person who's then filled with hair that's holding him together, <laughs> and he's like still alive. So it's kind of like that effect. I think I described it as like if you put like your hands underneath your shirt and into shoes, like you know that kind of like yes, little yes. That little gag. It felt like that. Oh God, it's amazing. Okay, next is Onibaba. Ah, oh, just forget. Um, I remember her grabbing onto a tree in distress, and that being just something oh, that stands out to me. I just remember her having trying to pe- the the mom trying to peel the mask off her face mm. it was just ugh, yeah. brutal. Uh, next is Halloween twenty eighteen. I mean, I always think of just those first kills and how brutal they are, like in the bathroom. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I love the bathroom scene. Um, what's next? The black cat. God, I already kind of touched on it in my favorite moments. I mean, whether it's a guy getting skinned alive, um, every time Bella Lugosi freaks out at a cat. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, wreck two. Um, 
Really good. I can't remember any specific moments right now, though. There's a moment when they, like, pick up the ceiling tile and you kind of see the, like, squirrely, monstery thing. And it is very... It's, like, a really good example of how to do a jump scare without doing the bullshit aspects of a jump scare. Yeah. Just very creepy and eerie and really gets you. Um, Lake Bottom. Oh, I'm sorry. Aramentari, the blacksmith and the devil is next. Um, I remember the, um, the, 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 what's the character's name? Who's like the goblin devil guy. That's the captured one. He had a fun name. I forget what it was, but when he, uh, gets captured in a bear trap for the second time or whatever, (laughs) and he gets so mad at it. And then also yeah. the um, transformation at the end of who turns out to be the main bad guy is kind of like the tiny guy oh, with glasses, yeah. like him turning into the big monster. Yeah, that is good. Nice. Uh, Lake Bottom. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Maggie. <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ghost stories. Ooh, I mean, the pulling away of the That's reality. It. Yeah. That is it. Will to pull- me, that that paper wall sort of effect and they mo- tear it up and go through it is the fucking greatest thing. Yeah. Um, what do we got? Planet of the Vampires. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you have to remind me. Uh, uh, for me, it's a set design thing. There's this sort of con- concentric circles set piece um, that is just fucking incredible looking. Yeah. And, like, also just the idea that there's so many elements that bear these amazing similarities to the first Alien movie. Right. And just, like, seeing that sort of, whether it's a collective conscious sort of thing or or if they were really pulling from it, just it feels very similar and and it's cool. Yeah. Um, I forget specific moments, though, if there's a moment, yeah. Yeah. They crawl over the same styrofoam rock about 20 times from different angles. There it is. Uh, next is Arnold. Dude, I mean, the every time like we heard the Arnold's voice speak and saw his dead body, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, the kills, like, uh, getting, the kills cru- are pretty good. getting crushed alive yeah. in like, was it the shower or something like that? Um, no, no. Getting crushed by putting on the jacket, the, the dress or the, the suit. Oh yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the suit squish. And then <laughs> we had, um, the facial cream po- uh, right. acids poison. Yeah, that one's pretty solid. Swamp Thing, you love. Oh, God, this was another one of the top indelible moments was when you have together the, like, hodgepodge of investors and rich, like, people all together <laughs> to, like, get presented with this new technology. And he demonstrates the technology to him by transforming one of his henchmen into, like, a weird little pig rat man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like the way it's shot, he basically just, they cut away and then cut back and he's like a totally new actor. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, uh, no, he, yeah, hides, I mean, he falls behind, but it's right. his performance where he's like, oh, like he's going for yeah. it in the transformation. And also shout out to really long, like moment of someone gets set on fire at the beginning. Ray Wise's oh character God, gets right? set on fire and like has this long death run out to the swamp. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was great. Uh, opera. Um, I mean, just the classic like imagery from it of the the pins, the row yeah. of pins under the eyes. That's mine too. And then, sure. I mean, the bigger one than that for me though, I think, is the um, just the point of view of the uh, crow or raven going around. Yeah, the opera house. Yeah, in the opera house. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, last house on the left. 
um, microwave head death at the end. See, I'm I'm more into the uh, the garbage disposal hand. Totally. That just makes my <laughs> it's like the thing that my mom told me never to put your hand in the garbage disposal ever ever. Yeah, and I mean the girl's death too is just like God. Yeah. Just after the yep. whole after you have half of a movie that's just like a building chase. Oof. Yep. Uh, where are we? Do 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 do. Deep red. I like barely remember anything. I remember um the eye hole or uh, the the eye in the hole in the closet when they go to visit like one of the you know it's a snooping from one oh, location to yeah. the other, and then just the uh the doll the ventriloquist dummy doll like on the the tricycle like coming right at them. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I've forgotten about that completely. Okay, Evil Ed. Uh, what you already said, I guess, the um, ha- basketball Bas- head yeah, I mean, that's, that's in the trash can. Dead and Buried? Ooh, this one was really cool, actually. <laughs> I like Dead and Buried. Um, there were some really good specific moments in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had um, the nurse who then was there to kill him and like was like going to lethal inject him or something. And he couldn't Mm. move out of it. There's something like that. And then you just had the anytime, like the grandpa from Charlie and the chocolate factory, (laughs) um, or sorry, from Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. There was this key scene of him doing his embalming process or whatever he would do where he like played his old timey music. That was like a really cool moment for me. That's right. And I just remember the, the cop, like he's just running in and out of rooms like a fucking maniac all the time. He's the hopper. Yeah. He's just the, the very headstrong, (laughs) like keep moving forward. Yep. Uh, what's next? Ghost ship. I forget. There's I, I honestly don't remember anything from Ghost. There Ship. were some cool moments that like made it feel like it was kind of a thirteen ghosts light, which it was yeah. the same production yeah. company, but totally. Yeah. Cat people. Um, I mean the the famous being followed scene in the totally. that night. In yeah, in Central Park. It's some so good. Uh, there's some other really cool scenes in it too. Um, there's some really good shots in it, like just the construction of like multiple cats in different forms like within the shot and like the bird cage and the shadow of the bird cage and the shadow of the cat statuette like or look like the cats actually attacking the bird in the cage in shadow it's yeah. really fucking cool <laughs> cool stuff um i mean us we don't really need to get into i mean we talked about the indelible moment from that though is i think for me it's like tim heidecker like the crazy version of him fixing his hair like mid till <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Oh, man. I went to the same high school as um, the dad, whose name I'm now forgetting, Winston Duke. Right. Um, Calvair, we, <laughs> you know, getting his, one. Yeah, getting his head shaved. The yeah, the, the, Within the first 30 minutes, I think it's is when you have, he sees the animal rape happening. Like, he stumbles upon that. Ugh, brutal. Mom and dad. Oh, wait, sorry, real quick. And also, we didn't mention in, um, sorry, Calvair, 
their mm-hmm. big dinner scene that's kind of like inspired by um the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a lot of ways where you have it's this trio of them with their cow now too at the end and <laughs> yes. he's and they say literally like this is our one I'm so happy to have our one big happy family and then our oh main guy God. Mark is just starting to laugh hysterically and they are kind of like laughing with him and at him and it's just like circles amongst them and this yeah. builds and builds oh and builds until one of them gets shot yep uh, okay, so mom and dad. Dude, when Nick Cage gets exploded away when he's at the door, <laughs> that was the moment. See, I like me. right before that when he gets very obsessed with the fact that it's a sawzall. Oh, right. And then I love it when uh, Lance Henriksen shows up at the end as the his dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the dad. Uh, Julia's eyes. I don't remember anything from this. All movie. I remember was that there was a kind of cool scene working with her going blind in a um, a locker room. Oh yeah, like the other girls who are blind, women who are blind in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, I remember it being eerie, but yeah, that's about it. Paranormal Activity three. There was that one scare moment I remember that just like especially got you that was just it, so funny it really did like yeah they're in and out of the upstairs bedroom and then in there's a bathroom off of that bedroom and they shit just starts to go wild and they open the door and the whole room shit is just getting pulled around you I know think, invisibly and it really it there i don't know why but man it i think because you you're primed so much for something that when you actually get this full room everything's moving moment it is very upsetting. I think I was specifically thinking the, the moment that is just so funny is there's a like fake jump scare of someone like coming out of a closet or something like that. Yeah, that, that's like, right. Got you. Yeah, that was really funny. There's also the really good camera thing where the camera's on a swivel like a fan. Yeah. And it's going back and forth. They did that quite well. Yeah. Um, oh, your favorite, wrong turn. Oh my god, wrong turn. Definitely like with um that that tree fracas at the end. Yeah. When she gets when she knocks one of them off. Um, with the branch and he has that moment where he like looks at her and makes a sound right before. Yeah. And then also the death <laughs> that happens on the tree where you get axed in the mouth and the Dude, rest of the body falls down. That one is no joke. And then this was one of the first ever kind of like early aughts cop kills when it was still kind of a surprise in a way oh, that it yeah. felt like where you have out of nowhere, we think they finally made it to the cop. It's going to save them. And he gets the arrow just comes out from behind him yep. all of a sudden. Yep. Um, Satan slaves. Uh, <laughs> I liked the, there was a intense car wreck. And then I liked the device of like a hidden message on a, on the record. I honest, I don't even remember any of this. I just remember, I, I think that's the one where there's the weird pee room. Pee room. Oh yeah. The pee room. <laughs> there's like a, where you go, where you pee. Yeah. There's a little well and dirt floor and you that's where you pee. Yeah. Um, what do we got? Oh, inside. Mm. The the little baby that it cut to, the CG baby. That's <laughs> Yeah. I know this is known for how violent and crazy it is, but I forgot about all that because there was no point to it what it felt like that's when right. I was watching it. You know, what's indelible to me is that was the movie where we hit our limit. We were like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of done watching women get brutalized. It was actually Deep Red, which was episode 27, that I first felt any kind of that. Really? Yeah. Um, we talked about Kwaidan. Uh, we talked about Possession. 
Oh, God. Legend of Hell House. Sorry, quite on. I just want to mention there is the, another indelible, crazy classic laugh at the end of the last story. That's It's the story within the story. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's about like the guy who's fighting off the three ghosts. Yep. And that story ends with him just entering like completely insane laughter in the way that only the Japanese can do. It's so good. Amazing. I mean, if we're, you know, sort of possession as well. I mean, literally just the the design of the continually growing monsters. Yeah. Sticks out. Um, Legend of Hell House. I just thought that was the, the cat attack <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes that's the one i have <laughs> just i i was really i was having fun anytime the the scene of like working with this machine and every time they turned on the machine it was always cool there was kind of this like yeah that's true wait to the moment um dolly dearest <laughs> oh my god i mean anytime the doll opened its mouth um <laughs> and then the thing we always go back to though is just like the the mom just resorting to like blow it up as the strategy at the end right i just love anytime the doll was sitting there and it's head you're like come on head you gotta turn your head turn your head and then it does it's like yeah <laughs> I, god i forget her specific quotes but god she, she was some of them are amazing yeah like hilariously dumb yeah listen to the episode um the dead don't die Ooh, ooh, i like this one i mean I remember just uh, there's the weird scene that was in the trailer where Tilda Swinton's like the two zombies are lying there and like opening, closing their eyes to like the sort of twinkle sound effect. Like it's all jokey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And then I liked their their big showdown at the end, too. Yeah. Um, Martin. Martin, Martin. <laughs> um, let's see. I like the the Pittsburgh woman that was clearly yes. the, a, like a neighbor of one of theirs. And then I remember and like just the big, uh, the big like showdown at that one like super seventies house of the couple, the yes. kind of like well to do couple, and just that it was all around his um his uh his needle like needle needle him. Him, him jumping across a bed with a needle, like he's gonna, he's gonna inject them, like with this like leaping stab, is my favorite. Yes, thing. exactly. Uh, let's see, Poltergeist two, Poltergeist two, the other side. We had, um, like I think, like uh, just the 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 worm creature when it evolves to its full creature form and has the lip twitch like yeah talk about the moment within the moment and then i gotta say like the just because you're it's indelible because you're so like is this good is this not good when like the chainsaws and the different uh like um the different tools that when they're like trying to escape to the car and there's all the garage tools that are like trying to get them yeah i you know when i think of poltergeist 2 my whole like since i saw it as a kid all i like that pops into mind is the worm monster coming out of Steven's mouth, like yeah. him throwing it up and it's big. It's like his whole jaw has to open up for it to come out. Reverend Kane showing up at the house too. That's like so good. Yeah. Uh, audition. I feel like, you know, the, <laughs> the bag moving sort of reveal is always, I could say the mo- big one, the moment that got me, I told you, I just watched it, uh, yesterday. Um, when it's all going into crazy what's real what's not mode one of the first things we get for that is he sees like the tongue and the fingers like like flapping around like fish on the ground yes 
that was the moment for me this time. Yeah. Uh, Midsummer. Midsommar. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> um, moment. He, something about him being put in that bear suit. <laughs> mm, interesting. I think I think still just the build up to the ceremony of them jumping off and landing on the. I'll say the the like that the sequence. Yeah, that sequence really to me is like the moment of the movie. Yeah, it's I think when they take the mallets for the Atastupa is like yeah, that season. Yeah. But then also I mentioned it's not just him in the bear costume, but it's the the people who volunteered to get burned alive. The moment they get burned is Oh like, yeah. That's God. God damn. I also, you know, you know how much I love it, but like Christian just getting his his butt pushed during the Yeah. <laughs> the sex. <laughs> Get in there. All the women uh, who did, yeah, they circle them. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Devil's backbone? Oh, God. I don't know. Nothing. Society. The big ending, of course. And Absolutely. And um, the weird, like, aunt child woman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, sisters. Ooh. Ooh. God. I don't know. So for me, sisters, the horror of sisters is the moment that she goes into the asylum to call him out and kind of be like, see, I've caught him. She calls the police. The police show up. And then the insane person is like, it's all right, guys. She's just one of our patients. She's having an episode. We've got it under control. And you realize she is fucked Mm -hmm. because there's nothing she can say that could make the police believe otherwise. That is fucking terrifying. Yep. Oh, God. Demon house. Uh, it's, I mean, so Zach Baggins, like, that is a Zach Baggins joint. Like, you think, <laughs> what's something that can only happen? And I think, for me, the indelible moment, it's like, I played it over and over in our episode. But, like, it's the Zach Baggins thing to, like, t- you just take a quote from someone telling the story and then just put the filters on it, put the boomers on it, put the echo right. on it. So it's like, whatever he plays is telling the story of like the security guard. It's like, and then I said, <laughs> who in there? And then he plays that over and over this little who audio. In there? Yeah. Who in there? Actually, I played it over and over, but they, <laughs> that's right. They, it's just like the epitome of the Zach Beggins thing for me was that moment. Yeah. Uh, starry eyes. Um, God, I mean, when she's, it's like kind of the halfway through when she's, isn't she like falling apart and then while attacking someone else in that house? Yeah. Yeah. She attacks the girl who's been a real asshole to her. Yeah. And, and her body is really just kind of disintegrating while it's happening. I think it's those those first body horror moments. I think you get the classic like fingernails coming off. Yep. Yeah. I love that, I think that's part of why I love that movie is just the body horror. And I love her performance because she really feels exactly like that character. Yeah. Um, the beyond. I mean, the tarantula attack. And then <laughs> and then I feel like the, like the last shot when they've entered the yeah. limbo. Totally, totally. Ready or not? Oof. I was not into that movie. Um, yeah, I'll, I mean, for me, it's just Samara weaving with the hole in her hand and having to reach up and use it to pull herself out of the pit. Yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. By putting yeah. The, the hole over a, a nail so that she gets leverage. I agree with that. Woo! <laughs> uh, phenomena. 
phenomena. I mean, that's the one with the chimpanzee. <laughs> it sure is. The chimpanzee saving Jennifer Connelly at the end. And that, and then the first reveal of like the the kid monster or whatever. And then also before that, the the, the mother of the kid monster, uh, like slamming all the, 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 the um, her getting locked inside the house of like mm-hmm. the shutters coming down. Yeah. God, and High then tech house. the fly showing up, like, and Jennifer Connelly communing with them. God, there's, that's the kind of thing with the, um, the Giallo films. It's all about indelible moments. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. I just remember her, her wild night she has. Yeah, yeah. And she goes sleepwalking. She falls off of a building. She, she like, gets kidnapped. Gets kidnapped. <laughs> she jumps out of a moving car. She, she rolls down a hill. She meets a chimpanzee. It's just never ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, eyes of my mother. Ooh, God. I mean, the whole like seduction scene that doesn't end up playing out. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the, the date, the big date. I remember yeah. that. Um, so good. And then just that first, God. Um, oh, and laying with the, with the body in the bathtub. Yeah, for sure. Uh, death bell. I liked when the, indelible moment was when like one of the bodies just fell amongst the crowd like when they were in the gymnasium (laughs) yeah yeah i just remember from that movie when you know they've been sort of separated into two big groups but like one group is just staying put because they're like don't go anywhere we're in danger let's all just group together and in the middle of that there's a student who's listening to like a hello kitty ipod on full blast it's like yo now's not the time yeah you know and then of course she gets kidnapped or or grabbed or whatever and it's like dude what are you doing <laughs> right right <laughs> um psycho 2 Ooh, i mean the kill the knife through the mouth now correct me if i'm wrong but psycho 2 is the bloody ice i think eating. that's the third one is that the third one damn it I can't get those two straight. I know. I, I say that with uncertainty, too. But Psycho 2, it's like the knife through the mouth and then the getting hit in the back of the head. And um, Oh, my God. Yes. The shovel to the head. Yeah. And then yes. <laughs> Psycho 3 is, I think, where we, like the Jeff Fahey craziness. Yes. Um, the, totally. The flashback to the kill of like the fireworks scene. Oh, wait. No, that was that might have been the fourth one. No, actually. I think that's. Fireworks oh. is the fourth one, but there's another yeah, flash. Right. Then it's the third one where you have the Jeff Fahey like naked yeah. with the um, lamp. Totally. That was great. Yeah, lamp sex. It's the best. <laughs> so, so Psycho 4, yeah, the, the fireworks. Yeah. Original Psycho. I mean, yeah. Um, I think that the ending Psycho 4, I mean, Psycho 4, like shout out to um, Norma Bates in that one. Like, mm. Uh, any any of those flashback moments where she was going, especially where she locked him in the closet. I think that was big, yeah. and then yelling at him. Oof. Regular psycho. Um. God, I mean, something that hasn't been said, but we might have said. Um, the way he's the way he's snacking on the candy corn when <laughs> yes. the car is sinking. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Uh, the lighthouse. Um. In Delamoma, it's got to be the mermaid sex. <laughs> yes. For me, it's 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 Willem Dafoe running with the limp with him with the axe, like chasing him with the axe. That sh- that tracking shot alone is like everything to me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Trench 11. Ugh. Yeah. Just, I mean, how the worm creatures looked. Yeah. 
Hexen. Oh, God. I mean, a moment. Um, 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 I, I remember like the some some of the um, there is like I, I I can't conjure it right now, but to, for me it's it's the devil like character yeah. popping up and out of windows and like making the like <laughs> sort of thing with his tongue. Oh, so great, great shocker. <laughs> I mean the big ending going through the TV. Yeah. That's the kind of like so what dumb. the movie is. It's so stupid, but yeah. Uh, the stuff. Dude, I mean, anytime the stuff <laughs> attacks, we have the dinner table scene when he like fakes eating the the um, the shaving cream. We have <laughs> yep. when they get attacked by those people who are like running at them out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> yes, the the look, I, my, the, the 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 curious um the curious uh um shop owner. Oh yeah, I my, for me the one the big one is when they're in the I think they're in a hotel room. And the stuff like flows sort of up, like they turn the room in reality so that it would look this way. But the stuff flows out of the bed upwards onto the yeah. wall. It's freaky and cool looking. I think when it, uh, when his buddy uh, gets victimized by the stuff and we see like the, the stuff flowing out of the bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stepfather. I really I think the stepfather was pretty cool because of the what's his face in it, that actor. Um, Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn in it. Um, <laughs> him flipping out in the basement. It's so good. Yeah. You could just put that on repeat. <laughs> uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, God. I mean, the pulsating door and then getting chased by all the monsters. And then I think what would always really get to me was um, the uh, the the painting changing and him mm. freaking out at that. And then the old, the older woman with the, um, her husband, uh, yeah, handcuffed that's it to for him. Me. Like the innkeeper, the naked husband handcuffed to her foot. And then later the payoff that she's like becoming a, a squid monster. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, shivers. Who, um, I mean, when we think they're running against a uh, wall, a hedge, yes. that's a wall and it's actually a hill. <laughs> yes. It's the greatest. I love that whole sequence ending with the swimming pool stuff. Yeah. I'd say just this, the way they scream is the indelible thing. The way the, yeah. z- the zombies quote unquote infected scream at the end of shivers. Yeah. Hide and seek. Um, that they're <laughs> always like getting, trying to hit each other in the head with something. Oh, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Wish Upon. <laughs> Wish Upon. The whole movie was kind of an indelible moment, but the um, <laughs> the 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 dad who's, like, recovering, I used to be a cool guy, I still want to be a cool guy, dad. <laughs> Ryan Felipe. Ryan Felipe playing the saxophone, trying to be cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And there's God. my favorite uh, garbage disposal death with, uh, with Audrey from Twin Peaks. <laughs> holy shit yeah the wig uh from beyond i gotta say i love ken for fracas with the big monster in the basement area yes yes <laughs> man i think oh man i don't know for me it's hard i i think it's when you see the the big attic monster form for the first time. Yeah. And it's like a blob of it's just the design of it is so fucking cool. 
the grudge. Uh, <laughs> cutting the fingers off. Oh, God. I a- absolutely nothing about that movie was indelible to me. Uh, goosebumps. Ooh, um, getting attacked by the lawn gnomes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, angel heart. Um, Robert De Niro's egg scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, martyrs. Um, ooh, ooh. <sighs> I mean, getting skinned alive and being left alive, probably. Yeah, I, I, for me, for me, it's the the mask thing that that she has to try and remove from the woman who's been in captivity forever, and she has right. to pull the nails out. I think it's so brutal. The first reveal of the whole underground area. Yeah. Yeah. Bedeviled. Um. Oh yeah. What, what was it? You bean paste. Bean paste. <laughs> Amazing. Devil's doorway. Um, I liked the Devil's Doorway. The um, uh, the blood coming out of the Virgin Mary statue's oh, eyes, yeah. and then the the headmaster, whatever you yeah, call Mother her, Superior, the Mother Superior nun. Like whenever she'd just like jump scare us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just by staying still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dark waters. Oh, I oh mean, sorry, Demon Wind. I Demon skipped. Wind. God, I mean the character introduction at the beginning of the magician guy. Yes. And then he, he, remember when he throws a beer can in the sky and he fucking roundhouse kicks it out of the air? So that. Yes. <laughs> and then God, and then just there was something at the ending in the big the big attack, but I forget exactly. Uh Dark Waters. Ooh, Dark Waters. Um the the ending of when we see finally like the glimpses of the monster, like just its eyes through the wall. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the mom monster thing. Yeah. That is pretty sweet. Yeah. That design. I wish the rest of the movie was that cool. Yeah, the, this, the overall feel design of that movie was great. And then there was another um, woman getting set on fire in that one, too. That was <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she just lets her die. She's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. you're on fire. Uh, Alice, sweet Alice. Ugh, the, the what's-his-face's death. Ernesto, what was his name? Alfonso. Alfonso. <laughs> Just him as a character yeah. is the most. Uh, one cut of the dead. Um, I mean, I, I kind of rewatched bits and pieces of it again, but the uh, just the gags with the drunk guy is really yeah, got me. That's mine too. It's so good when you see ha- like what was actually happening. Yeah, with him. Uh, tourist trap. Who? Um, God, I don't know. So for me, it's, it's just that the mannequin's jaws like clap open. Yeah. And they start moaning or whatever, like that image by itself. And they like lean forward. Yeah. Yeah. For me. It's so fucking cool. It was something with the, you know, the bad guy, that actor when he's in his masked mode and he's doing this voice. I'd say (laughs) just his performance. And then there's specifically like a dinner scene with him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, The innocence. Um, I mean, seeing that ghost across uh, outside during the day, like that's what made me want to put this like in my top nine as far as just feeling like I'm looking at a ghost when I'm watching this movie. Right. In the sort of marsh island thing. Yeah. Um, Circle. (laughs) I guess like 
I don't know, first time someone gets zapped, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have anything for that movie. It's all just kind of one note to me. Yeah. Uh, 2000 Maniacs. Ooh, I mean, the when they... um. When they, uh, the first kind of like group kill where after woman of the woman, like where they keep, it's just like in the, f- oh my God, where yeah. it's just like, it's okay. Just lie there as they're like getting ready to chop her up that yeah. and the, um, the between the barrel roll and the, <laughs> um, the rock fall, I'll pick the rock yeah. fall. I think I like the barrel roll. Cool. Oh man. Cherry falls. Oh God. I that one you hated a lot more than me. I um, fucking hate it. I really liked what's her face in it. Um Brittany Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um I, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things I liked about it. Um I guess just the ending or where we get the crazy what's his face? What's the actor? He's like that's the twist, he's the bad guy. And uh he shows up at a party with like <laughs> t- teenagers trying to have an orgy with an axe and is there to kill them all. Like Yeah, just like when he axes the cop in the back of the head. Yeah, that was good. Uh Lyle. Um I don't know. Mm, the when she comes out of the pool the swimming pool like the birthing pool is sort of the only thing that i was like this is where the movie should start yeah uh the mimic the mimic (laughs) um remember we our description of this movie was was it even a movie because we don't remember anything about it i think um the uh the the mirrors, the, 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 like the ghost or whatever it was in the mirrors, like slamming from the other side of the mirror. Like, oh, li- yeah, like to have a, pretty cool. a one sided mirror, a uh, two sided mirror effect. I'm just a big fan of like caves or like the passageway into darkness. Yeah. And I was disappointed that the movie didn't sort of get more of that vibe, but that, that's what I remember from it. Yeah. Cannibal girls. <laughs> Cannibal girls. <laughs> um, I see just maybe it's just because it's in the trailer but like it's not even with the main characters but when the woman goes to the butcher shop and just the way (laughs) that the butcher is like hamming it up and then kind of like winks the most he can close his eye on like he's one of those people (laughs) who just can't wink but he does it yeah for me it's just Eugene Levy putting the fucking cigarette on the end of the guitar string (laughs) yeah Uh, fiend without a face. Oh no, sorry. I tried to skip our least favorite movie, Girl Next Door. Um, definitely the when she demands that they set the what are they called? The caterpillar. Uh, yeah, they're like silkworm sort of worm worm basket things. I forget what that grow on trees. I'd never heard of them before, and she yeah, just casually wants to burn them up. Where I grew up, they're gross. Uh, fiend without a face. Fiend without a face, not to be confused. Eyes without a face. I mean, God, a, a moment. Just the, this, the final big like attack at the end when they're just shooting them all. Yeah. Like, and the first time you see one of the brain monsters, the fiends. Oh, <laughs> I love everything about that. I love it when they get they bust into the room and <laughs> the, the, like the third in command sort of military guy. The way he shoots at one of them is so aggressive. He's got a pistol and he's like throwing the pistol at it as he shoots. He's sort of like, kapow. It's (laughs) so fucking good. Um, The Lodgers. Um, Moment. God, just the the visual of the water creeping up out of the hole. Yeah, 
Me too. Uh, Velvet Budsaw? Um, that, I mean, the, the, the monkey coming out of the painting and mm, killing the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's a good, yeah, I don't know what mine would be for that. Ugh. Oh, man. I mean, sticking the arm in into the art piece at the end. Yeah, I like that one. I like that. Maybe that's what it is for me. Sure. Uh, under the skin. Like you already said it with the um, the body getting sucked out of the skin. It's the best. The greatest thing ever. Phantom of the Opera. The mask reveal. I mean, the, sorry, <laughs> the, the face reveal. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Eyes without a face. Um, God, I, f- I just feel like at the the end when she finally escapes and stabs the woman, I feel like the, the professor getting his comeuppance, getting torn apart by the dogs. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. I mean, for me, it's just the operation of taking a face off of, of the course, first woman. Of course. Duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then last of our 99 movies we've watched so far, <laughs> Carnival of Souls. Yeah. I think... Um, the 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 souls dancing in fast motion yeah for me it's just this one shot that i tried to describe in our episode but it's she's in the what do we call the the carnival area mm-hmm. and pavilion. she's alone yeah the pavilion she's inside of it looking out and she's sort of surrounded by pillars and arches and out in the distance is this sort of like salt lake dry lake whatever and it's just a beautiful shot like everything about it so there you have it folks all right 99 there they are (laughs) it only took a half hour or something well hey Um, this is the only episode 100 we got that's true so the real question is do we want to keep talking <laughs> i i mean i amongst if this is just you and me which is the spirit of the show i want I have more i want to talk about with you all right i'm into it so the next thing that we uh discussed was paying a little homage or trip i guess tribute to the you know the the trope of horror that is the sort of the female you know, heroine of horror. Like there's, it's probably the most common thing that we see in horror. Hand in hand with horror is the women of horror. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the final girl aspect of that, but sometimes not necessarily that specifically. And so we tasked ourselves with picking the standout females of, or women of of the movies we've watched. And I mean, my direction for this, like, I don't know, you know, warning here, we're going to be, this is, this is our broing out section. If we're, we're two bros here, it's basically yeah. like direction who, who is on our 12 month calendar, who are we crushing on the hardest <laughs> in, right. in the That's same right. way that I would love to hear your top crushes and uh, films. I hope uh, it's somewhat fun. Uh, well, and, and to, and to, you know, point out that it's not, you know, why we're attracted to somebody isn't just because we think they're, like, pretty. You know what I mean? Like, to me, at least, it's, like, a lot of what makes these, like, the, the picking the, the the women who who are awesome is is either the character or the, or the performance or just, like, their essence or whatever it is. 
See, and, and that's the kind of thing where I wanted, you know, this going to tricky territory. It's like that's that shouldn't have to be said, though. You know, <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, but then it's true. Like, I mean. For me to sort of uh, come up with this too, like, are we objectifying them, you know, or is it, but then, but then we say, no, of course, like what I like about them is beyond just looks, but then also it's like, I kind of have to trust just this instinctual beyond, you know, it's saying like, who do you like? You know, it's beyond um, thought. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah, definitely. How many, Um, how do we want to do this, Tim? I do have a top. I, I have a t- how I ended up sorting this out. I ended up, you know, just trying to call it down. I have a um, top ten, and then a top twelve, and then a top like. Then there's a thirteenth. If there's thirteenth, and then there's like a final five that almost made it in those top. Yeah, I have thirteen, so I have like an honorable mention. Okay, great. Should we do <laughs> to do them all then? <laughs> Who wants to yeah. go? How do we do it? <laughs> I don't know. I think we just go through it. Um, Starting top? Sure. All right. I mean, I don't... I Yeah, sure. You, oh, I'll start. Okay. I mean, I think, it, you know, you got you to gotta give credit where credit's due. We've watched two movies with her, Samara Weaving. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see her in more stuff because I think she elevates the movies she's in. Yes, 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 yes. Um, because both those movies, I think, Ready or Not and The Babysitter, without her specifically, would not fucking be good movies. Absolutely. She was, and rather than kind of wait to hold off, uh, she was my number 10. Oh, nice. Um, next, I've, oh, right. So next I've got Manuela Velasco. Do you totally. know that is? Totally. From Angela in Wreck. Yep. She's great. She's super compelling. And it's almost like in a weird, like, I don't even know why. But I think part of it is that she feels so much like a real person. Yeah. Rather than a caricature or sort of, you know, I mean, a she's, fantasy thing. The reason why, like, when when the first wreck, it's like, I wreck, the first wreck is just one of the best, like, I think, recent horror films. It's like, I really, so great. And it's largely because when she first pops up and is kind of does a take two and three, like, and you see that happening, God, you're in the movie. She was in my, uh, she was in my honorable mentions five. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so here we go. Let's see. Uh, Christina Marcella. Dude, she was my number one. Oh really? Yeah, and Fuck I was yeah, I was going off of just my memory of like how distracted I was by whoever <laughs> what the star was. <laughs> like that's kind of like how I did this rating system. We're like funny. any t- I mean, she's in the whole movie, but whatever you're, you're looking at her, I'm just. If you're like, wondering, she's she's the lead in opera. Yeah, for, the lead in those opera. Those of you who are like, who the hell is that? Yeah, as Betty in opera. God, I, mean, I was pretty taken with her. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, and I'm not even sure what it is about her as, I don't know. She's, <laughs> it's weird. It's a combination of a bunch of things for sure. I mean, she's beautiful. There's no, that's that's like the given. But like, there is a quality that she has that is very, um, fuck, I don't know how to describe it. It's weird. It's like, it's like, I want to like, 
just like lounge around and like like talk about the world with her. I want to like write a story with her, you know? (laughs) Yeah. She's super compelling. Um, Okay. So you obviously had her. Um, So next I had Selma Blair. Because I have a fucking huge crush on her forever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I literally I I'm sorry, I forgot. She should be up there. She didn't make <laughs> it. I think I just somehow slipped through. Yeah. She's just such a fucking badass. I think that's what I love about her. And was so much fun to see her make the switch to evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. She's just one of those people who I'm like, this she just doesn't take any shit. Yeah, and pretty... I, I find that to be just like my some of my favorite characters. I mean, obviously, like movies that we have not watched on this, but like the classic, classic, like w- w- uh, woman lead parts, like yeah. Sigourney Weaver or you know uh, Linda Hamilton, or... super distinct looking. She has that like both sharp and soft kind of yeah yeah. yeah. She's great. Um. Who did who did you well you, so you throw one out there? I had the yeah the number one. Uh, I said Betty Opera number my number two, is Lisa Bonet as Epiphany Proudfoot, Angel Heart. Like, god damn! Like she's just she's just stunning in that film. Like, well, and it helps too because she's playing a very different character than we had sort of known her as. Yeah. Well, she's just like that whole film too. It's like you're. It's it's a lot of the that like what we talked about. You don't know what's up, what's down. Your frame, main frame of lens through Mickey Rourke as like a crazy person who's so unhinged, mm-hmm. um, and then she just kind of carries this like this like she knows what's up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So next, I have <laughs> I <laughs> the greatest state. Well, it's not a stage name, but the greatest name of anybody ever, Gail Honeycutt. <laughs> Wait, who is that? <laughs> she is in um, The Legend of Hell House. She's the one who kind of gets like hypnotized yes, and like yes, sleepwalks. Of and course. She's just, it's just a hilarious sequence, but she's, she's great. Yeah, I remember crushing on her pretty hard. She didn't make my list, but yeah. Yeah. Who's next for you? Ugh, number three. It's just kind of unsung. I mean, so it's funny. I had before I knew, you know, that we honed this list exactly what it was. I had basically like all encompassing the three women of Halloween, the three generations mm. in Halloween. So like shout out there. But in terms of just kind of like uh, enamored with Virginia Gardner as Vicky, she's like was number three out of all the women we've seen who I've been a uh, distracted by she's the one you know what just kills me tim is those like uh jersey shirts she's the one in the yellow jersey shirt who's babysitting the funny kid oh right that's right i completely forgot about her i did not um, <laughs> I, I i have not and um, fair enough i wonder fair what else enough. she's in she's number three that's great um my next one is alex esso who was the lead in Starry Eyes. Totally. I know she was like a big part for just why you liked that film just, at all. I yeah. Just, she's just cool and awesome. And like her performance in that movie is, I just fucking love it. I, I don't know. She's, she's gotten some really good work since then. She's in something that's coming out soon that I was really happy to be like, Oh shit. She like got a, a solid role. Um, she, she, 
plays the mom in Doctor Sleep. The so she, you know, they they basically do flashbacks from The Shining in Doctor Sleep. I started so and plays, stopped Doctor Sleep. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but I was like, holy shit, she got she's in a fucking big movie, like she's crushing it. Great. Yeah, what's her name again? Alex Esso. Cool. Cool. No, it's, he was really fun to kind of view, you know, you and I relate to kind of being a certain age in L.A. and uh, yeah. seeing yeah. her kind of like, oh, yeah, you totally know these people. Right, right. Okay, my my number four, Tim, like, so I wanted to put her higher, I almost couldn't, but in 47 meters down, Lisa, Mandy Moore. Could have <laughs> Mandy Moore, like, God. I love Mandy Moore. I, I don't just say, I love, I just love Mandy Moore. That's it. Nice. Um, I've got Katriona McCall, who's the lead in the Be- the Beyond. Oh yeah, she plays the blind woman. She's just—it's fucking great. She's just cool and like—I don't know—the vibe of that whole movie is so seventies. It's just like I love everything about it. Yep, yep. Um, uh, I had to put next um, after Mandy, uh, our girl Florence Pugh as Danny in Midsummer. Nice. Like, man, talk about just like, it's, you know, you get frustrated at these chumps who are going out, somehow going out with these incredible women and just like the tensions that brings up and just (laughs) that, like the whole, I'm like, what what are you doing, Florence? My next one. Yeah. Shit. Where was I? (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, The lovely Tanya or Tanya Roberts, who is (laughs) in- Yep, tourist trap. <laughs> she she made my honorable mentions. She's the woman in Beastmaster, which has a very special place and is in it my heart. Moonraker, I think, too. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, I just love her. She's great. Um, she should have been the final girl of, of Tourist Trap, but whatever. Yeah. Talk about sort of classic final girls. Um Yuzuki Akiyama as Aika Matsumoto in One Cut of the Dead. Uh, where am I here? Okay, so next I have somebody who is, you know, pretty new. Uh, Charlotte Vega, who was the lead in Lodgers. She's oh, got a yeah. few things coming up. She was great. Um, she's in a show that just started uh, on Netflix called Warrior Nun. Which looks strange and interesting. But, man, she carried that movie, uh, yeah. The Lodgers. She really did. She's she's super interesting and grounded and, like, all these things that, that I really like. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally felt for her every step of the way. Like, if, she, if it wasn't for her, that movie, like... <laughs> yeah, it would not have been good. Yeah. No, she should have made my list, too. I just looked at somehow. I had... Next, I hated putting her this low, but, you know, ended up however it was. Scar Joe as, quote unquote, the female in Under the Skin. Yeah, she's my next one, too. Cool. I mean, she's, yep. she's Scar Joe. She's so good in that. Yeah. And to see her, too, like, play someone who intentionally had to deceive people mm-hmm. who might recognize mm-hmm. her. Um I don't know. It was like you were watching her, but not in some way. It was cool. Just an actor stepping into the role. I just really like watching somebody kind of do a character that is 
it may it may not be against type for who she is as a person. Yeah. But it's against type for what the industry has decided she should be. I, and I fucking love watching this that. This is why she works for Lost in Translation so well, too. But I love her looking at things curiously and not under mm. like kind of not understanding them and looking at things like a pondering yeah looking at things quizzically and that's basically yeah. all she's doing in um in <laughs> yeah. under under the skin so like totally absolutely oh man uh well the next one i have is isabella ajani oh for, uh, in possession yep she made my honorable five and honestly it's one of those things. I mean, she's beautiful, whatever, but they, they, it's not about that. It's about watching an actor go full fucking tilt. Mm-hmm. And when you can get and when somebody can get there, I'm like, I'm immediately in love with you. <laughs> yes. Full tilt. <laughs> like, it's just it's so impressive to watch somebody do like go full on and let it all hang out there. And right. Just it's like you, anyone who accomplishes some kind of feat are like yeah, a- attraction yeah. points, of course. Yeah. It's so good. Um, next, I had after ScarJo, Louise Salter as Elizabeth in Dark Waters. Oh, yeah. So as forgettable and kind of weird as Dark Waters was, like you get why it has its fandom of just kind of the sure. setting, the story, yeah. and her no, she is good. She kind of does hold the thing together because at least she's yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my 12th is Candace Hillegas, who was the lead in um, Carnival of Souls, which we just watched. And Absolutely. I just, she's so fucking interesting to watch. Yeah. As just a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love her. Um, my number nine, Kim Parker as Barbara Gerzel in Fiend Without a Face. Oh, yeah. She's great. <laughs> she was just like, God, talk about someone you want to have witty banter with, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Awesome. Big fan of Barbara. Uh, my uh, number my number 10, since I was a little behind, is uh, Samara Weaving. I already talked about her. Nice. My number 11 and 12 were Lupita as Adelaide in red and Eliza, Eliza Dushku as Jesse in wrong turn. So <laughs> I thought about giving her some honorable mention and and then I realized I, I mean, don't deserve to. <laughs> Eliza Dushku. Kept calling her the wrong thing. <laughs> Eliza Dushku, she's Dushku. Uh, Lupita, like just those scenes of her, like when they're the ha- like the family at the beginning hanging out. It's like, I know. how bad do you just want to like hang out with her? <laughs> you know, like oh, she's the greatest. Ugh. Um, um, so then I only have an honorable mention, are, <laughs> and largely because I mean she's she's in one of my top nine movies, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she's in my honorable five. Yeah. From uh, um, from 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 beyond, but mm-hmm. there you go. That's it for me. I mean, she's it's so much fun seeing her go from the classic like glasses hair up to full dominatrix mode, just like <laughs> yes. run the gamut. It's so classic. <laughs> oh um, man. Uh, number my, so that's like the first 12, the calendar 12, 13. So I felt like really weird about liking her when you 
Brittany Murphy in Cherry Falls, you were like, yeah, she just felt drugged up to me. And I'm like, oh, her craziness just felt like honest and interesting to me. So it's interesting. I, I like that about her in there. She's like got super specific choices of when like freaking out, like, I don't know. into her she carried that movie for me and then some and then the only other person you didn't mention um that i have in these next honorable five joe beth williams is diane freeling poltergeist yeah i felt like i mean i love joe beth williams don't get me wrong but i felt like because it's not the first poltergeist which is where i like love her the most right i relate to her more in that one but hey she's still joe beth williams so it's true it's not include her cool dude great well there you have it anything you want to say tim what you want to say about um how this has been like a how if this is always if this has been a journey for us and this has been an adventure, just exploring all these places. Just how has it been watching a horror movie a week for 99 weeks? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, you know, it's not that different than my normal. It's not like it doesn't fit in with my normal life, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I watch movies basically every day. But I think the thing is like, Doing this in a structured way and actually forcing yourself to sit down and, like, talk about and sort of pick apart what it is about a movie, even the worst movies we watch, we get something out of trying to learn, uh, like, why it doesn't work, like, what, what what happened, and not that we are authorities on that, but, you know, you do get sort of a pretty good knee jerk sense of, of like a thing and being able to kind of continually talk about it and, you know, explore that has really, really increased my kind of ability to assess quickly, I think. Yeah. And to identify things quickly and be like, Oh, right. So remember how many times we've seen this thing not work? Like people are still doing that or whatever and vice versa. And I think it's just it's just the value of this just for ourselves. I, I mean, I hope people who are listening get as much out of it as we do. But it, like, I get a shitload out of just having the conversation. It's like constantly banking all of this information, and you know, now feel like I will be a better filmmaker for it. Absolutely, and maybe a better person. Yeah, you know, like because we do end up talking a lot about just sort of the humanity. I mean, that's the other thing about horror. It's like. We're really getting into the humanity of things. Oh, we, I mean, got go deep into all sorts of, of topics, philosophy. Yeah. It's been yeah, great it's for that. So is it ever that it's horror, that you're watching horrible things happen to people? Does it ever feel like it's it's too much? Is it is it unhealthy in any ways? Is it because we have the distancing, but movies are also, they're, they're real places in a way too. Like, you know was there a question in there that you can answer (laughs) yeah you know i don't know i there um there have definitely been times where i was like when i'm looking to see what i want to watch and i'll go to the horror section Mm -hmm. and i'll be like yeah i think i'm good like i've 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 gotten my fill for the week 
But then there are times when I'm like, no, nah, man, like I put on Crawl the other day. That movie sucks. <laughs> I wanted but to watch I put that. it on. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I was like, I want to see what this is all about. Yeah. Alligators. But in you think going to dark places is always a healthy thing if you're, you know, if you have the headspace to do it? I rarely, if ever, find that there is a lasting negative impact on me from watching these movies. Yeah. And if anything, I think there's more so a lasting positive impact of being able to reflect on some things that I normally wouldn't be thinking about. Right. And uh, there was an apropos, maybe we'll end on this, there was an article that came out recently. You know, we're still in... COVID-19 quarantine times that said um, studies show horror movie fans are better equipped during to shelter in place quarantine pandemic time. <laughs> like are they're, oh, wow. we're doing like psychologically better. <laughs> no wonder it's been so easy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, this was great, Tim. This has all been so great. I'm glad you've yeah. been here. I've been it's been an honor to do all these first 99 episodes with you. I look forward to more. Yeah. And well, I'm going to replace myself with somebody else, so <laughs> you could do en- like en- enjoy whoever that is. All right. You just don't <laughs> d- don't tell me. Just put a mask on them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a Tim mask on there. Yeah, head. like a, a weird Phantom of the Opera mask with a little <laughs> little lip flip flap. Yeah, man. Um, no, this is a, this is great. It's just always great to explore this with somebody who has a different point of view and yet we both you know often are kind of on the same wavelength it's it's nice yeah it's but yeah it's always fun have that frame of reference what tickles one and what does not another well tim we've mm-hmm. been here well can we just uh you know eschew the recommendations is figure out what we're watching next week sure let's do it great do you remember if it's your poll or mine i believe it's mine Ooh, okay, well, tell me when. All right, first triple digit, or first actual triple digit episode of a movie. And now. Oh, 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 1944. The Uninvited, 1944. Cool, cool. we've been getting some older ones. I don't, yeah, I'm into it. I don't think I've seen this. Well, clearly, yeah. <laughs> cool, great, excited to see it. As always, um, I mean, hey, I don't. I just want to wrap this up. I don't want to say anything else. This is, if you've listened to all these with us, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Yes, and we will see you next time. We will. Oh, okay, great. We will. All right. Goodbye, all right, everyone. Bye. <laughs>